Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences raising my son, Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son, Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. All right. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. Today, we are talking about recipes. It's the new year. And I thought, what a great concept is to try and maybe give some other parents some recipes or just even foods that your kiddos on the autism spectrum like to eat. Uh, So I actually have quite a uh, a lot of guests today and a couple more that will be popping in as we go, hopefully. Um, so let's just start. I'm going to go Brady Bunch style because we are still in the months of COVID. And so we're still doing uh, our recordings virtually. So I'm going to go Brady Bunch style and start with David, who's on the top of my Brady Bunch list. You had mentioned, because I was so surprised when I saw your face pop in today. I'm like, David, I didn't even know that you cooked and you have recipes to offer. But you actually had a different perspective for this podcast, which I want to make sure that we, we talk about before we even begin on our recipes. David, I think you had a really good point. Yeah, I mean, recipe contribution, if in fact you consider frozen peas or canned black olives, or um, if Meg makes the pancake mix, I can then um, cook the pancakes. But, you know, my, I guess the larger, you know, initiative for me was just, you know, for parents that are listening out there right now, and your child might be limited to one, two, three things, and you're sitting here going, recipe is great, awesome, except, oh, that ingredient doesn't work, you know. There's no shame involved here in that, you know, we've narrowed actual nutritional value foods for Morgan down to about four or five. Maybe I can think of more. I think maybe less, actually. Sadly, on our worst days, a lot of the meals include salt and vinegar lays um, oh, as a awesome. meal. Yeah. Which hey, I, David, that's the thing. It's like, you I had can't me at stand those. You had me at black olives, my friend. Like you all of a sudden just validated my parenting life. Like right there when you said a can of black olives. Cause I'm like, what? okay, we do live similar lives because like literally I come in my kitchen in the morning and there's like a empty can of black olive on the counter and um, Nally's chili, like a can of Nally's chili. Like wait, my highest accomplishment in 2020 was teaching Caleb how to use a can opener. That was just like, mwah. You know, it's it's interesting because I can't stand either black olives or um, salt and vinegar chips. And those are things like as picky as she is, she eats it to me in my mind, those nasty yeah. things. Other yeah. than that, I mean, there have been times where like snickerdoodle cookies were her dinner just because, again, we just give up the fight. Now, you know, we absolutely try to suggest we put a meal out there for her, but she she, she has a gag reflex. Oh. When you put something as as simple as like a piece of plain chicken breast in front of her, and like this is not going to kill you, I promise. She thinks pizza is going to kill her, um, and I, like and, and the gag reflex involves. Oh, I'm sorry, French fries if we're out and homemade French fries as long as corn on the cob. I mean, uh, you know, these are things I can cook. This is to say, if you're listening to this and hearing all these amazing suggestions as far as meals, and you're thinking. God, there's not, my kid won't come near that. Like you're in good company out there too. And two, because people can't see, cause we don't use the, uh, or the video portion of our podcast recordings, but I want everyone to know that as David is talking, all of the parents that are on this video recording are nodding their heads to what David is saying. And cause you're absolutely right. And, and they're laughing, they're muted, but they're laughing because so much of what you're saying, David, totally resonates within our lives. Like I said, you had me at Black Olives. And so now I just feel totally vindicated as a parent that it's like, Whoa, okay, good. Other people's like kids, like, you know, these are high quality foods. Although I will say, you know, we are not a frozen pea family. We are canned peas. So, you know, like slight variation, you know what I mean? But last night I made green beans. Kate, that's a Kate, that's a gag reflex for Caleb. That is the one time where, you know, like he actually, I don't know if he was to prove a point or just truly because he hates green beans so much, but he barked green bean all over the table for grandma because she was insistent on him taking a courtesy bite. And it just, I was like, mm, this is not going to end well. And it truly did not, but he's now good. He doesn't mind if they're on the table as long as he's not required to actually have to put any on his plate or try and eat it. And you know what? I'm like, 
fine, fine, no problem, whatever. He ate the meatloaf and that was a huge accomplishment. But with that being said, he loves my meatloaf better than anyone else's in the whole world. Do you want to know why? Because it has like three ingredients that I know he will eat, right? It's the meat. There's no onions. You know what I mean? Like it's just the, the ketchup brand that he likes. And so that is the reason why meatloaf is now a successful you know, recipe that we can have in our house. So anyway, so I'm happy to share that recipe, but really the key to our the success of our, our meatloaf is simply knowing what he likes and the brands that he likes and making sure that I use that in the meatloaf. So Michelle, you're my next face, my next parent in my Brady Bunch. Um, you are, you have a wide range of kids in your house. You have four busy boys. So I can only imagine what mealtime looks for you guys, because some days I feel like I'm a short order cook. And some days I'm just kind of like, hey, don't eat because this is what's for dinner. And I don't have the capacity to like make a slight variation. So Michelle, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, because you you also have a little zoo at your house. And so are they all picky eaters or just a few? You know, it's really funny. So I have two neurotypicals and I have two on the spectrum. And there are days, like you said, I, I go back and forth where some days I'm like, nope, I'm going to be super flexible. And if you want to eat this and you don't want to eat that, then that's just easier for everybody. And then there are other days that's like, nope, I've worked a long shift. Like this is just what's for dinner. And if you don't like it, there's tons of cereal that you can choose from if that's what's going to make you happy. Like that's Jackson's favorite is cereal. He could eat cereal until he's blue in the face for every single meal if I allowed it. Oh my goodness. Yes. See, you guys are making me feel so much better as a parent because you're absolutely right. That is the backup. If you didn't like what's for dinner, then I encourage you to grab a bowl of cereal because guess what? It's fortified. There's all sorts of vitamins yep. in that stuff. So <laughs> I don't feel bad. You're getting some vitamins. So whatever. Well, I used to feel really bad because Aiden used to be super picky, like he was very dead set that he was not going to eat squash or scrambled eggs or rice. Um, he will not eat a red sauce, although he'll eat red sauce on pizza. He just will not eat like a red spaghetti sauce. And so um, as he's now hit 14, like it'll be the craziest thing. We'll be sitting there doing breakfast and we always offer. And if he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it. The other day he ate scrambled eggs and I tried really hard. It was like, you know, don't make any sudden movements. We don't address it. We don't look at it. We don't acknowledge it. <laughs> It just happened. Like, and he did the same thing with rice the other day. Like he was adamant at dinner. He was not going to touch it. He hates it. He won't like it. And then he was so hungry later on that that was all he had left. And he ate a whole entire plate of it. And same thing, which was mind blown. And But like what you're saying, don't acknowledge it. Just pretend like this never happened. Cause it's that double-edged sword where it's like, do you say, Hey, oh my gosh, this is so great. You ate it. And then have him be like, wait, what did I just eat? That's right. Or do you just, and then have the next time you put rice on the table, no, I don't eat rice and be like, but you just ate it like two weeks ago. Like, how is it that you ate it? I don't know. I have not tried the theory. So um, when he ate the rice, did you go back later or have any acknowledgement or discussion about the fact that he ate the rice or did you just like not speak? Um, I kind of mentioned it. Like, it, I think it was the next meal that I had done something like orange chicken or something like that. And I was like, do you want rice with it? And he's like, uh, yeah, I do. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, is this the moment where I should finally say so? I'm like, so were we like into eating rice? And then he's like, no, no, I don't like rice. I'm like, okay, but you're eating it like right now. Yeah. But I will Maybe say. You need to call it the, like the white stuff, like the white. Yeah. Protein. I don't know. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is I have one non-rice eater, um, out of the four. And it's just so, it is so aggravating. I mean, I have a strategy. I was curious to see what everybody else's strategy is first before I talk about mine. So I'm going to hold off on it, but it's so frustrating to like, I can't think of there being one meal that I can put on the table where everybody's just like, and I didn't have to do anything different or make some sort of modification. Um, and so that's why I'm kind of curious to find out if maybe someone has like some brilliant ideas outside of my own, but that's the thing. It's like, I have one that's not a rice eater. And the thing is there are times where like we went over to uncle Dan's house and he made jambalaya. Well, guess what a main ingredient of jambalaya is, right? And yeah. he'll eat it there. But then at home, it's like, oh, I hate rice. I hate rice. And it's kind of like, what? I don't get it. Anyway, I'm, I will say I made a meal the other day. All six of us ate it. There was not one bite left. Nobody what was argued. It? Nobody whined. 
crazy enough, it was uh, turkey pot pie. I had leftover turkey that we had made from the weekend before, and it had carrots and frozen peas. And I kid you not, I made the crust from scratch, and I I bat died because I have a youngest who is adamant that he does not like chicken whatsoever. And I've made chicken pot pie and he'll eat it just fine, but the wine the entire time, but this one, not a word was spoken. But really? teaching Aiden to use, um, I think using the can opener, that was a big one for oh. us, but teaching Aiden the microwave, because oh, then yeah. if he doesn't like what's for dirty, he can always make chips and cheese. That is his gourmet meal of choice. But the other day we taught him to use the air fryer. He can make oh. nachos in the air fryer. <laughs> We just taught Caleb how to use the air fryer too. And I'm going to tell you everybody. Yes, we did. We taught you how to use the air fryer because that's how you make your coconut chicken. Hello. He loves coconut shrimp. Hello. So yeah, now he's like. I did. I did get you some from Red Lobster last night. See, and this is why it's always problematic to do a podcast when you have your picky child listening to you. So he's not picky at all. He said. (laughs) <laughs> but now here's the interesting thing about this, though, is we did teach him how to use the air fryer because he likes coconut shrimp. And so it tastes, but you can't microwave coconut shrimp and have it be good, in my opinion. So we did teach him how to use the air fryer. And the thing I love about this for anybody that's listening and maybe a little bit cringy, I love it because it has a little, it ticks off. So he knows exactly how many minutes to put on. It's like a toaster. It just pops off. And so he can't overcook it as long as he knows how many minutes he should be sitting it on, then everything is great. I actually almost love it a little bit more even than the microwave because you can over microwave things and then it can be kind of dicey. So yes, the air fryer, I love. We haven't done, Caleb, do you don't make anything else in the air fryer other than your coconut shrimp, correct? Uh, yeah, that's it pretty much. Now, how old are your kiddos in operating the air fryer? So I have my oldest who's going to be 16 this month. Aiden is 14. Jackson is, he'll be 10 in July. And then Jacob will turn eight this month. Yes, it's so. And like I said, I actually am pretty comfortable with it because it turns itself off. And so it's actually, uh, as long as, you know, they know what the, you know, what not to turn it past, it will turn itself off. Caleb actually is going to be 13 here in just a few days. If you can believe it, I'm going to have a teenager, another teenager. God help me. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that's a I, great point. So, well, no, I'm not. I will say Aiden's favorite meal that we make, like hands down, if you give him a choice and this is what he gets, they do a, a weekend at grandma's. Each one of them gets a weekend day and he picks hands down black bean and corn pizza same thing. It's not a, it's not something that I would pick for myself, but it's like a bobly crust that you put barbecue sauce, black beans, corn, and mozzarella cheese. And it's delicious. It's a non-meat option. And when he makes his own nachos, he loves to have black bean and corn on it. Oh, crazy. Crazy. With barbecue sauce on it. Yeah. We, yeah. Caleb's on barbecue sauce. He loves his ketchup. Ketchup and ranch are two of his favorites, but he, I'm really lucky in that he does like spaghetti, like a red based sauce. So pizza sauce and spaghetti sauces are all ones that are on his list, which it's amazing how many things you can make with a can of spaghetti sauce slash pizza sauce where you can, you know, I've morphed that into like a, a sloppy Joe version. You do a porcupine meatball option, you know, spaghettis, you know, lasagna. It's just a different noodle. We had took a little Mm -hmm. bit to transition that whole concept to a lasagna versus a spaghetti. But man, I tell you what, like I buy spaghetti sauce by the case because I can use that as like, you know, the the one ingredient that he's familiar with. And then we can kind of expand from that. So See, we won't do meatballs and we won't do tortellini. Oh, that's those great. are, those are hard nose. Oh, see, and absolutely we, not. Caleb's a great spaghetti eater. And so then I morphed it into meatballs. And so now here's where it gets like kind of that variation where this is where the short order cook comes in. Caleb will like, he likes meatballs, but he does not like rice as with Trevor. So I have to, when I make meatballs, I have to divide the meat and then I make up their meatballs. And then I finish making the porcupine meatballs. So the difference is, is that you add the rice and then that goes in a separate pan. And so there's two different pans, which, you know, for as many people as we have in our family, you kind of need two pans anyway. So one has the rice, one does not, but that makes everybody happy. So that's one of those recipes where, you know, like for those that will not eat rice, you've got like that option. So, and again, 
It's the Caleb spaghetti sauce. So during COVID, when COVID first happened, I could not find the flippin' spaghetti sauce for anything. Oh man, was that pissing me off? Because that's just a staple. You know what I mean? And oh man, that was just like a rough go for a while. So when it finally came back and I could find it, I started start stockpiling it because I was so afraid that if things went down, I had to have spaghetti sauce because I can use that for a variety of different things. What about you, Tanya? You're in my next space in my Brady Bunch. What are some, are both of your kids picky or just one or the other? Because you have your two boys. Both are picky. Oh, both are picky. Now, are they picky on the same things or is it different? Different. Oh, see? So you are the same as us. It's so hard. So tell me some of your recipes and the tricks that you work. So... I like, well, I don't like to cook, but I don't like eating the same thing over and over again, which my kids would. And so I've decided I no longer really cook for them, but I will separate out. So like the other day I made chicken burritos. I knew my kids would not eat it. So I made them just chicken, but without the burrito, gave them right. Like I separated it out. So they had like a piece of plain chicken. Then they had the rice separate, nothing in a burrito. So I basically separate out the ingredients for them. Oh, smart. Mm hmm. That but they wouldn't eat it all together in a burrito, no. Yeah. Okay, so you want to know what I did just the other day, and it was a smashing success. Because again, we have different eaters, some are picky, some are not. And trying to find those things where I don't have to cook as many, like being the short order cook, I something similar. I wanted kind of like, I wanted a burrito sort of a thing, but like that is never going to work in my family. And so instead, I did this quesadilla deal. But so I laid out four quesadillas on a big old cookie sheet, right? And I overlapped them a little bit. And then I made one quesadilla side, one of the four corners, just cheese. Then one of the other ones, I added cheese and chicken. Then the third quarter of this big, huge, giant quesadilla I did, I added some rice, some other vegetables, blah, blah, blah. And then when I put the top on top, I labeled them with just like a little trickle of cheese, a little piece of chicken and the cheese one that had the beans, you know what I mean? So that when it came out, the big quesadilla came out, I basically just took a pizza cutter and just cut it all up. But I just told everybody what sections were on the different sections. So it was like, it went in the oven at the same time. Didn't have to spend more time in there doing like seven different quesadillas. And lo and behold, everybody ate. My child doesn't eat cheese. My child with autism does not eat cheese, which is horrible because I'm like, what child does not like macaroni and cheese? What child does not like grilled cheese sandwiches? Um, Mine. uh, Well, we just started eating grilled cheese sandwiches not too long ago. I don't know why, because he loves cheese, but grilled cheese sandwiches was on the no list. However, he will eat cheese on Papa John's pizza, but it has to be Papa John's. So did you call Papa John's and be like, what is the brand of your cheese, sir? That's what I would have done. I would have gone there. So what what we've started doing, because Papa John's is expensive. And so I'm like, is we do make your own pizza night a lot. And so Logan can make his own pizza and he makes it with just sauce and pepperoni and pineapple with no cheese. Interesting. Now, Again, if you had gone to Papa John's and like purchased the Papa John's cheese, do you think that would make any? I don't probably, probably would because it wouldn't look the same because he's that picky about like, he notices when I change brands on things. So yes, yes, absolutely. And he'll eat, he will eat most meat, which is nice. As long as it's plain drenched in ketchup, everything has to have lots and lots of ketchup. Yes. I have to buy stocking ketchup. Now, with that being said, we are being able to, as long as it's like the Hunts or I think that's, yeah, Hunts brand, I was transitioning to the um, the 100% natural, like, so that it's not like the high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. We made that transition and that seems to be fine. But yeah, ketchup, I buy that stuff by the gallon. Mm-hmm. It's just pure goodness. And I think he's afraid he's going to run out of ketchup on his plate because he always puts way too much ketchup on yes. his plate. Yes. We like have that don't eat that much ketchup. Ranch. Yeah. We have that same problem with ranch. We, it's like the game is find the piece of carrot in the ranch sauce because it's so much ranch that it's like, man, my God. No. Like However, I did get him to eat four green beans the other day because he has excessive anxiety about things. And I told him that it would help him live longer. And so one of his worries is that he's not going to live long. So the fact that it, <laughs> but it's funny because after the fourth bite, he said, I almost threw that up. Oh boy. Wow. He must free, his anxiety must be so bad if he's willing to eat green beans to live longer. My God. Yes. Oh, poor baby. I know he has horrible anxiety. Oh boy. Only made worse by COVID. So. 
Yeah, right. Oh, man. Boy, is that true. Oh, man. That's funny. And he was just like, it's and then afterwards he said he afterwards he told me he almost threw it up, but he did. Yeah. But now has he asked for more vegetables? Because he wants no, to No, he won't ever ask on his own. The only vegetable he'll eat on his own are like baby carrots. Yeah. Yeah. Baby carrots are definitely like Caleb's uh, vegetable of choice. So but with the amount of ranch dressing we eat with the carrots, I'm not sure that there's see Logan won't Logan see Logan won't eat ranch dressing anymore. He used to, he has a bunch of things that he used to eat that he no longer will. I know. But in ranch is one of them. Rice was one of Caleb's. Caleb used to eat rice all the time when he was little, and then all of a sudden would not touch rice. And he just within what the last three or four months, Caleb, he started eating rice again. And so I'm like, this is amazing. This is so great. But he still won't eat. Well, but I basically tell Logan, I was like, I'm not making you separate stuff for dinner. So I was like, if you really won't eat what I have laid out, I mean, he knows how to use the microwave. So yeah, yeah. like just use, and we just got an air fryer for Christmas. So I did anyway. So I haven't tried it yet. Oh, you were going to love it, Tanya. You were going to love it. Everybody's giving the thumbs up. Even Chevy, who's my next parent, I'm going to pick on here. She's giving the thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, so I'll have to try that and see if Logan likes making anything in the air fryer because he's oh. fine. He's good at using the microwave. So, yeah. You know what another weird food is now that I'm thinking? Because I remember the only reason why he uses the air fryer is for his coconut shrimp, right? Mm-hmm. Because we went to Red Lobster. We had to find something that he would eat. Ironically, he took a bite because I think I must have ordered the appetizer. And he was like, wow, I love these coconut shrimp. Which, again, any nutritional value that in the shrimp is probably negated by the fact that it's like breaded with coconut and fat fried. But who cares? I think most everything is better just deep fried if I'm, being, if I'm you know, being honest. But what's a crazy one is we recently, oh, it was on Veterans Day. We made, um, my husband, he's a veteran and the kids wanted to make him a nice dinner. So we did surf and turf. Cause you know, again, steak is one of those, you know, it's a meat that I knew everybody would eat. Um, but I wasn't really sure about the surf portion of it. So we got crab and we got shrimp and Caleb tried crab and he liked it, which was just it's in my mind. I'm just kind of like, I, I don't, I, I don't understand this because like he can be so rigid and um, picky about some foods oh, really? and he's saying, oh, really? Um, <laughs> and yet now he loves crab because, and I just, I didn't like crab till I was an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you want to know what Logan gets his joy out of doing to me? What? The one food I don't like is seafood and I'll, I'll try it again, but I still don't like seafood. So Logan enjoys trying to get me to try seafood. Oh. Because he knows I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Caleb. He loves, he'd be like, hey, mom, look at this cool thing on TV. And it's a snake. I have a terrible phobia. He likes to find the videos where the snake actually, there's no snake, no snake. And then one jumps at the camera. So then like, it just makes it a thousand times worse. So I feel your pain, Tanya, because mine isn't trying to make me eat certain foods. Mine is trying to terrify me so that I have nightmares of snakes. So anywho, Chevy, talk to me about, you also have a big family of um, a variety of kids of different ages. Are all of your kids pretty good eaters or do you have picky and not picky eaters or how does, how does mealtime work in your house? I've got two picky and one will eat whatever. Oh, <laughs> so really? I've, and then, which is funny because I've got the ADHD picky autism picky and then we got neurotypical and he's just like whatever just like whatever you put in front of me like, yeah exactly he's just like I'm gonna make this easy for you mom whatever <laughs> I love it I love it so I I sometimes will measure I'll make if I make a new recipe I'll be like okay so out of the four because I don't even count Kara because she's just a whole separate thing yeah. <laughs> out of the four other family members how many of them ate the majority of their food and will I be making this recipe again or not I kind of base it off of the numbers. Right. And Chevy, I don't know about you, but when I go to look, cause I'm with you, Tanya, I get tired eating the same thing over and over again, even though like in my mind, I kind of feel bad about it as a parent. It's like, man, we only eat like these seven meals. Right. But so then I feel a little guilty about it. And then I don't enjoy eating the same seven things over and over again. But this is how I look for recipe. I look for things in the recipe that I know the majority of my kids, or I can alter it or cook it in phases so that I can pull something out at a certain point and feed this one or these two and then cook it to the next point. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, Chevy, do you do that when you're looking at recipes? 
Yeah, sometimes I'll say I, I can kind of base the recipe off of like, okay, will they eat this? Will they not eat this? It's really funny that I have, we have a no rice eater, which is Kira, our autism one. She does not eat rice at all, which oh, we eat rice at least three times a week, I swear, at our house. So that's yeah. frustrating. And then we have a no cheese, which is my oldest. So it's like, I'm really validated that it's not just us. I am actually so grateful listening to this podcast right now because thankfully everyone in my family eats cheese and a ton of it. And oh, so, yes. Including the dog. Including the dog. The dog also <laughs> eats cheese. Yes. My oldest, when we do burritos, he will unfold the burrito every time to inspect if cheese was put in there by accident or somehow there was a sliver that made its way in that burrito. Um, well, we will literally like open it up and check it. That's Caleb and lettuce in his taco because, you know, he trusts me to make it. But like, again, when we go to a restaurant, if we were to go to taco time, people open it up to make sure that they didn't try and sneak a piece of green lettuce in there. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. I hate lettuce in my tacos. I will search every time I go to a taco <laughs> But see, it's so funny because at home, I'm like, Caleb, you want me to make your taco? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 that would be good. The other thing, too, is, you know, of course, it's got to be the cheese needs to go over the hot meat so it gets, like, you know, warm and melty, you know? See, mine have to have cheese, have to have their tacos without cheese. Oh, it's just, man. It's just, it's just meat on Logan's taco. That's it. Meat in the <laughs> shell. Meat in the shell. Oh, well, let's talk about tacos, too, because tacos is actually one of those meals that I love because it's like a taco bar and everybody can just, you just make all the ingredients. You just put it, I put it out on a big cutting board and then just have people like pick the stuff that they want and then bam, everybody's See? happy. But my youngest won't eat tacos at all. Oh my, my other child, I know. Oh, Tanya, you poor thing. Tanya, tell me more about what do you feed these children? Like, cause I mean, like I just, without cheese and like. Well then, well then Colin's my salad eater of all things, my youngest. Oh. He'll eat salads. You are so lucky. Cause I can't get over here. We're like anti-green lettuce it's just yeah well logan's anti-green lettuce but colin will eat salad and he loves tomatoes like i'll buy cherry tomatoes for a meal and i will hide them in the fridge but then i'll go look and they've still disappeared and he will have eaten them all oh <laughs> you are so lucky okay i know but he's picky about other things for you i was feeling bad for you with the whole cheese thing but so, now i'm actually like kind of a little jealous well but you know what else is hard in my family because so my kids both love red sauce and spaghetti like they can eat that all day anything red sauce spaghetti lasagna well my husband has sensitivity to tomatoes oh, so geez. guess which person cannot eat red sauce Okay, so Tanya, I'm feeling like dinner at your house is addedly complicated. No, I still I still make spaghetti with red sauce and Scott just eats it with it without sauce. He just eats noodles and like butter? Well, he'll put he'll put some cheese on it, but Oh, gotcha. Okay, that makes total sense because you know, white I think like my, white noodles is another alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think because Caleb red sauce is something that Caleb has always eaten like without question. That like now, um, Kelly and and Tyler don't love spaghetti. Like anything with like a tomato-based product. I mean, pizza is still okay. They're just kind of like, oh, spaghetti again. So sometimes I'll change it up and I'll make a white and a red sauce. So then that way they can diversify a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think we overdid the spaghetti sauce, the red sauce, because um, again, it was just my go-to because I could get Caleb. Uh, it's Spaghetti is one of my go-tos. I don't care about my husband. They both, the kids eat it. I'll eat it. So. Yeah. And that's true too. And, and of course too, my, my husband's a fireman, so he'll eat just about anything. Well, and yeah. Well, Scott, and the thing is Scott likes red sauce. His, his stomach just doesn't like tomato products. So. Yeah. It's like that, those dark shades, isn't that a dark mm-hmm. shade vegetable or something like that? Yeah. I read that somewhere. I can't remember what the science is behind it, but there's a whole like thing on tomatoes. Oh my goodness. Um, Has well, anybody tried doing spaghetti in the instant pot before? No, no, I haven't. Have you life changing? So life changing. I okay. kid you not. So what you so literally me, put your noodles in like not cooked. You put all your sauce, your water, your seasoning, all that stuff. And what happens is when it cooks it in the instant pot, it releases all the starch. So it thickens up your pasta sauce when it's done. So I literally made this yesterday with, I kid you not, it was a sugar-free pasta sauce, whole wheat noodles, ground turkey, and the kids scarfed it down. 
Well, except Aiden, obviously, who doesn't eat red sauce, but yes. Okay, but so now do you so do you pre-cook the meat when you put it in there? Uh, you cook it in the instant pot first, but oh, you don't okay. even drain it or anything. You do all of your seasoning and everything. It's the craziest thing ever, but okay. it's so good. Chevy, you raised your hand when she asked about cooking in the instant pot. You've done it? Yes. Yep. And it works really well. And you do everything in the pot, nothing else. You don't need multiple pans for the noodles and the sauce and all of that. It's all just in the instant pot. And you can actually, even better is you can actually start off with, uh, if you freeze your ground beef or turkey, you can take it from completely rock hard frozen, defrost it first in the Instant Pot, release the pressure, and then make the spaghetti in there. So you could even be so unplanned that you're like, I got a half hour, got to get the spaghetti done and do it. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's like you're talking to my soul because I'm 100% <laughs> unplanned all the time. As I was driving the kids and I to work, because we all do our virtual learning here at my office because we don't get good internet where we live, I was thinking to myself, well, shit, Holly, you didn't pull out any meat for dinner. So now it's going to be a cluster bomb as usual when we get home. So it's like you have to spend all the extra time just like getting your meat prepped. And so... But I love the Instapot. And, um, you know, we, Caleb actually just, I think in the last year and a half or so, started eating chili. Now it's Nally's chili, but I make a taco soup that he eats because, again, it's kind of a tomato uh, product. And oh, so, so yeah, we're just all we're doing is talking about food, <laughs> Caleb. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes. And so, anyway, I have, but here's the problem I sometimes forget, like, for a while, you couldn't find like the beans in the store, like the canned beans, which just makes it so easy to just pop them and then you just like cook them up and you're good to go. So I started using my Instapot for the the actual beans that you have to soak, and that was game changing because you can um, you can actually um, cook them pretty fast. Like in 12 minutes, I can you know like get hard beans to like mostly edible. I'm not saying that sometimes they're not a little crunchy, but you know what? Hey. Uh, bakers can't be choosers. You want food or not, or don't you? But, oh yeah. So that's the thing is like today, you know, Caleb was commenting about, oh, taco soup sounds good. And I'm like, oh crap, that's like a two-step process. Cause I got to unfrost, I got to defrost the meat and then I got to, you know, get the, the oh, beans yeah, prepped. Yeah, so. yeah. I know. Exactly. Caleb's saying taco soup for dinner. <laughs> David, you were raising your hand there, weren't you? Yeah, I just want to pop back in and assure any parents that are listening right now, because I wanted to hear the list of all the things. And I we all have very picky eaters of everything I've heard you guys talk about, the things that will Morgan will eat, cereal, <laughs> milk, but not together. Oh. And dry yeah, yeah. And um, spaghetti, plain. And yeah. that's it. Of everything I've heard, those are the three things. And so I just want to like assure any parents, like if you're hearing all these things going, oh, mine won't go. No, like, I mean, the whole list of things like, nope, 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 none, 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 none. I mean, and she's 13. Yeah. And like, I was like, these all sound delicious and I can't wait to eat them. Morgan won't touch them. Well, um, and I'm just saying. She survived 13 years of just eating the things that she likes to eat. And that, you know what? Newsflash people, that's fine because she's thriving. She's great. And again, they don't starve. And David, do you care how much cereal she eats? Because you said cereal, but no milk. Yeah, the uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. She likes oh. the Cinnamon Toast Crunch replacement from uh, Trader Joe's. Um, look, I'm, you, I'm saying this. Staples. Those are our staples too. I'm just like, I'm saying this without, I will say like 99% lacking any shame. There's a part of me like, it is kind of a shame, but like, you just got to do, I mean, at some point, and there was a relative that came by, I won't identify who, and they're just like, well, maybe if you did this, and I said, at some point you have to offset nourishment versus experimentation. Like, am I going to for And there are days where we're on that train, like, let's try, let's try, let's try, let's stick to it. And there are days like, we can't. It's a, we just physically and emotionally can't. And, you know, if you're hearing this and you have, you know, a child with that many limitations, there's just, there's no shame because they didn't come. I mean, most kids, all kids don't come with instructions. These ones in particular, like, good oh, God. Yeah. I mean, with all the other challenges, and then you get to the dinner table, the place where you're supposed to leave, you know, at least chill for a little bit. And then you want to make that a struggle along with all the other struggles that you run into throughout the day. 
there are some days like, I don't want this to be a struggle too. Oh, totally. So now here's my question. When it comes to then even asking them to try new foods, I don't know what it was, but just one day Caleb was like, you know, oh, I'll try, I'll try a courtesy bite of that. You know what I mean? Before it just wasn't even, I didn't even care to ask him to even try it because number one, I didn't want him to like gag or puke on the table because that had happened. And so there just came a time where it's like, well, you can have a bite if you want, you know, like you want to just, you know, and I would offer just like one small kernel. Do you want to try this? No. Okay, fine. And then I just move on. I didn't make it an issue. And so I don't know, David, do you ever even ask her to try? Oh yeah. She's getting some pretty snarky responses as a teenager, like nice try, not happening. I mean, that's like, well, and I'm just surprised because, you know, he'll ask me, what's that? And it's like, oh, it's blah, 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 blah. You you want this little bite. And then most of the time I'm like, no. And then just in the last, I would say probably a year and a half, he's like, okay, I'll try that small bite. Now I tell him, if you think you're going to gag or throw up, just spit it out. He did spit things on the floor. And I'm like, that's not exactly what I had in mind, but, um, you know, like spit it in your hand, hold it in your mouth till you get to the sink or the toilet. He just literally onto the floor, which was not happy about, but again, he tried it and Mm -hmm. he's gotten better about when he hits the mouth and he doesn't like it, that he doesn't just spit it directly on the floor, but I'll usually put a small bite of the stuff on the plate, but if he doesn't eat it, usually it's not worth biting to me. So I'll put a small bite of everything. And if he tries it, he tries it great. Sometimes I'll try to encourage it. Like the green beans, I told him he'd live longer knowing that he has anxiety over it. Yes. Ooh, you crafty little But But also, and and he also, he's not a teenager yet, but he also gives me the snarky responses. And then when I get onto him for his snarky responses, he will remind me, he's like, I am a preteen. I was like, I don't care that you're a preteen. I have been reminded of that um, in the past as well, that I am a preteen. Yes. I'm like, yeah. We've had some, like, that's a reason for his attitude. Right. I was just going to say, we've had some success lately with Kara uptick and trying new things. And to be honest, I think she's going through a growth spurt. So I think it's just probably growth spurt driven, not really. Because she's like uh, the world's opening up to her or anything. But I think for us, what we found to be successful is we just have it available. So like I will serve the food. I always will make her a tiny little portion knowing, okay, that's going in the trash later or someone's going to like finish that. But I will always put it there. Most of the time she'll ignore it and be on her iPad, whatever, and then we'll figure out her food later. But we've actually had some success with her going over and kind of checking it out or checking other people's plates out or, you know, we have veggies out or fruit out or whatever it might be and our other boys are eating it um, and she'll go over and try it. Like she, for a long time, not eat grapes. And the other day she just started like chowing down on a bunch of grapes and I was just like, what the heck? Like, out of nowhere she just like and she's asking for more and i would just make it a thing just be like cool here's some more don't really point out what you call be calm don't act like it's a big deal or anything (laughs) no sudden movements whatever you do exactly what about you michelle how do you handle it you know between aiden and jackson they're kind of um they're different creatures aiden's newest fascination is baby bell cheeses he's obsessed with those Yeah. The other day he finally tuned into the white cheddar ones and must have had six or seven in one day before I found out what he was doing. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, that's that's plenty. I was like, this little bag should have lasted us like a week and a half and we're down to two days worth. Like, yeah, you need to calm down because they're so they're so small portion. But I was like, well, at least he's eating. Yeah. Jackson's really big on anything that a fox will eat. He will eat because he's obsessed with foxes and the color orange and he will pretend to be a fox and he wears a fox tail and fox ears. And as long as a fox will eat it, which is typically meat products, he is willing to eat it Ooh. and mashed potatoes with tons and tons and tons of cheese and garlic. Yeah. Ooh, Other than that, that, it's definitely cereal based is more our comfort zone. But yeah. I actually have tried in the past to be like, Oh, you're not going to like this. This is just for mom. Cause you know, you know, if it's mine, then everybody wants it. Right. And so it's kind of like, Oh, I made this for me. Like I just made you get something else. Enjoy. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to share this, but <laughs> it really, it works for like the teenagers where they're like, wait, what do you got? Like, it's gotta be something good for Caleb. It's kind of like, okay, like no big deal. Like even Kelly, like wouldn't want it anyway. Uh, but I, so I've tried the whole reverse psychology of like, you know, Oh, this is mommy's, you know, where that whole, like, don't even make them a plate, but they want to eat off of your plate. 
but that didn't really work either because it was kind of like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I don't want to eat. No problem. So I didn't find that reverse psychology strategy to work, at least for, you know, it works on the teenagers because anything oppositional or opposite, the boys are going to are going to be all over. So any other tricks or recipes that you can think of? No other tricks or recipes, but Logan had Fruit Loops for lunch today. So Hey, I love it. But also being on ADHD medication makes his appetite kind of suppressed during the day. So he usually doesn't eat big lunches, but then he eats a lot in the evening. He kind of makes up for it. I mean, that's a really good point. And then like three, us three moms are sitting here nodding because that is definitely a real deal. In fact, actually, Caleb and I just had a conversation today about his ADHD meds, and he is actually now on a fairly small dose of his ADHD meds because one of the things he doesn't like is the fact that it makes him not hungry, and he doesn't like it, but he also recognizes that he needs it. So we're actually kind of experimenting with reducing his ADHD meds, so it's enough for him to focus and get his work done, but it's not so much that it actually affects his meds, but... He's home with me all the time. So I can actually give him the booster. Whereas when they go to school, like you can't do a booster. And so, um, so that's kind of what we've been doing recently is just doing low doses. Like here's the dose in the morning when he's doing learning. And then here's another dose in the afternoon when he's got to do like his other work. And then that way, lunchtime, he's still hungry. And then dinner time, he's still hungry. But once school starts back up, it's gonna, we're gonna have to go back to that whole medication debate pre-covid we used to have to have uh the lunch staff have to monitor that he eat at least take a bite take at least three bites of something that's in his lunch bag because yeah. <laughs> otherwise i'd literally pack it and it'd be a completely full 100 percent. and the problem with that is you know relatively fine we have a lot of issues with just the him being in the lunchroom because everybody's lunches and then the smells that come along with it it's just very and then all the people talking it's loud it's, it's, so loud and it's just completely overwhelming for him to be in the lunchroom. So he would not eat. And that was just something that, yeah, he never ate. And the problem with that is it was relatively fine until they got on the school bus or it was after school and I would pick him up and we would be driving home and he would, you want to talk about hangry? Oh my God. That's my child. Yeah. Raging and just like, just not being able to, I mean, thank goodness it wasn't during school. Um, but this happens during school. So I pack him like four when he's in school, which he's not right now. I pack him four different snacks on top of his lunch because he's allowed to eat whenever he's hungry, because if he doesn't, he will get super irritable. Yes. And that's just it. So then we had to, it's just hard because, you know, trying, having to manage someone, at least giving him a snack. So he had something in his stomach was just, yeah, it was an absolute necessity. So unless, you know, the school bus driver didn't care about him raging. And then most of the time I was picking him up anyway, because by the end of the school day, he was maxed out with just all the extra stimulation. It was just easier for me to pick him up so that we could avoid any issues. And then it's like, here's all the food, eat the food in the car, trying to head off just a meltdown because yeah, like angry is a real thing, but we need the ADHD meds because I can tell you nothing gets done without them. Uh, at least uh, not that I have found. And so here we are, but yeah, I'm going to reiterate what David said before we wrap up is that, you know, this is picky eating is a real deal. Um, and you pick your battles and a lot of times food is not my battle. You know, my husband and I, he's working today. Otherwise I would have pulled him into this podcast because one of his big things is like, you know, you make food, you make dinner, everybody, you know, has the opportunity to eat, or I work really hard to kind of segregate things out or pull things aside at a certain point while I'm cooking it. So everybody can eat. And then about mm, 30, 45 minutes after dinner, they're in the kitchen fixing food. And he is just like, are you kidding me? Like, we just fed them. And it's just kind of like, I know, but it's so hard because I mean, Chevy, you were just talking growth spurts, you know, like, you know, I do have two teenage boys. And so they're just always, they have empty legs. I say Caleb's, you know, puberty, Kelly's puberty. And so it's so hard because I also, you know, didn't have enough to eat growing up. Like I actually sadly have like you know, some of my strongest memories as a kiddo is like food scarcity, my stomach feeling like it was eating itself. And so I am super sensitive about always making sure that there is food so that they feel like that there's something there to eat. 
And so, but it just, in, in his mind, he's like, I just don't understand. I could understand maybe right before bed, like eight or nine, but this is like 30, 45 minutes after dinner. They're like, I'm hungry. Or they're going in and like cooking, like Kayla will like make a can of chili in the microwave. And he's just like, how is this even possible? And I can't explain it other than I'm hoping I'm seeing some nods. So I'm hoping I am not the only one that is dealing with this challenge. I kind of let Logan eat. He'll do the same thing and he'll eat all the way up to bedtime. But, you know, he's technically, even though he is limited on what he eats, he eats a lot of what he likes, but which is good because to me, he's considered technically underweight. And so the more he eats, I'm like, go for it because you're still under 60 pounds at 10 years old. Yeah. I will say Justin and I have the same kind of discussions because he had a very different childhood than mine. He had a childhood very similar to yours where food was not readily available. And so he's very sensitive about, we never waste food. Like, and he gets very frustrated if, you know, the kids won't eat something. And I'm more of the mindset of like, I grew up where food was never forced on me except for the one time. And it's still burned into my memory. The one time my parents forced me to eat fish. And to this day, I will not touch seafood. I threw up all over that table after sitting there for hours on hours. And I never wanted to do that to my kids. Yeah. And so we, we are very different minded. When he first moved in, like he would mix it in with red sauce. And he was like, well, they're just going to eat it or they're not. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this is a, a hard no for them. They will not eat red sauce. Like, it's very simple. Just make plain noodles, make the sauce separately, and they can just make what they want. And it's taken them a few years to yeah. kind of understand that. But that is definitely our biggest discussion is not understanding, you know, at eight o'clock when those meds kick in, like, that's grazing period for Aiden. Like, that's his yeah. starvation moment is right before bed where food's just like, he has to have all the food in his reach immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a def- it's, it's, it's an interesting growth pattern for us. It is. And I don't know that I have the answer and it's right. It's wrong. It's just, for me, it's really hard for me to sit there and like withhold food because just mentally I have a, I have a hard time with that, but it's one of those things too. And then you read on there about puberty and different, you know, those, you know, them needing to eat and stockpile and stuff like that. So it's, it's just hard me to rationalize. And so I don't know if anybody else, David, do you have any, like, do your kids eat all day? Are they grazers? Are they like eat at mealtimes? We've completely lost control of the whole situation, Holly. Um, so yeah, it's like, we, yeah. Um, and they are grazers. I think the one saving grace is that, uh, Morgan loves milk and she will just guzzle it and whatever nutrients she's getting out of that. Um, and she'll hit that and she'll hit some of her favorites and we'll try to impose the meal time with the limited opportunity we have for the stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's a real shit show. <laughs> oh, I do love I, shit shows is where I operate best. So that's where I feel the most at home. What about you, Chevy? Are your kids like, uh, are they pretty good about mealtimes or are they grazers? They graze all day long. Uh, I definitely have grazers, definitely Kira, especially that girl, she will be eating throughout the day. She is not a three meal sit down type of person. That's why she struggles at school because she is in person because she's with special services and they're like, yeah, we're still working on her like sitting, you know, <laughs> she's eating because, because she's Mrs. Like grab a bite, walk around, do her thing, be on her iPad, grab another bite. Like she doesn't do this whole like sit down formal, like this is a a sat down meal. So even at restaurants, you know, she's got her iPad. So it's like, I don't know, not that we're going to restaurants right now, but you know what I mean? Like she's got to this formal, the formalness of eating. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm, yeah. I have to be honest with you. I have no issue with like devices, like when you're eating out, because if it just makes everybody sit at the table and not fight and hit and kick and be like frustrated, then here's the device, you know, but anyway. I will say I would rather give them a snack before bedtime than have the 3 a.m. wandering around the house trying to get into cupboards and fridges and everything food related. Yeah. I would rather give you a, a bag of the popcorners than to have you be up at four in the morning roaming in the cupboards, waking oh. me up so I don't sleep. Yes. And I'm telling you now we, I'm lucky in that the way that my downstairs kitchen is, is and cause like I live in the downstairs of my house currently right now, I rent out my upstairs, but I actually have the ability to just like close the kitchen door. And it's a, it's a combination code on the doorknob. It's a beautiful thing. 
So I can lock all of them out of, Caleb says it's not a beautiful thing, but it's a beautiful thing from a mom perspective because I can't, exactly. So anyway, but from a parent perspective, it is a beautiful thing because you can restrict their access to certain places that you do not want them to be. So (laughs) anyway. Can we just, can we co-podcast with Caleb? Like the next time we do a podcast. As we're podcasting, I'm like, oh, Anna's going to have to edit. Okay. Anyway, before I wrap up with my peanut crowd, you guys are supposed to be doing online school. So get your headphones on and go back to online school. It is. I am lucky that you can, I can start restricting people's access, but it's very disheartening where if, you know, the kitchen is open and you wake up at like, you know, like six o'clock in the morning, you go make your coffee, you walk into the kitchen, you're like, holy crap. What has happened? Um, cereal bags, empty milk cartons, cans of chili opened, you know, like empty black or black olive cans sitting on the counter. It's like, my God, it was just like, you know, it's like a frat party in there with just like food. So I'm with you too. I don't know how I sleep through all of that because you would think that with as much, you know, food as they were putting together, you'd think that I would have been woken up. But, you know, my God. Um, you can imagine I've had to threaten people. my uh, preteen for the cost of some of this food that he will eat in one sitting. I think we bought a whole package of like, it was like beef jerky and he ate the whole thing, I swear, in one sitting. And I was like, so you owe me $10 because yes. <laughs> that's really expensive. You're <laughs> like, so you right. Know, just, I get that you have your select foods, but like, that's an expensive choice. <laughs> yes. We always joke in my house, my husband does, that I'm going to have to go back to work just to be able to feed the kids. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tanya, you just wait because it gets worse. And those baby bells, love them. I can no longer buy them because they're expensive. And they sit there and eat that entire bag of those baby bells in like a short period of time. Not to mention, side note, they never get those little wax casings in the garbage, which then they get mashed up or I'll find them sticking to the wall because they do stick to the wall too when they press them on the wall. It's just awful. So uh, I had to just like, you know, delicious cheese, but I had to be like, oh, hell no, those aren't coming to my house anymore. So I was sick and tired of those wax casings being all over the place. But you're I think I might uh, break down in tears of joy if I ever saw an open chili can in my kitchen. Because (laughs) good God, that would represent progress. Oh, well, and that's true. We taught, we did teach Caleb how to make top ramen, although I don't love it. Like, I don't want him making it when no one's at home. Oh, see, now he's confessing that he has made some when I'm not at home. But my point is, it's like, you know, on one hand, you're like celebrating. It's like, oh my God, he made like top ramen. This is so great. He will never starve. And then when you realize it's like, oh my God, like when he becomes an adult, he's going to be eating nothing but top ramen. Now he's chilly. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what have I created as an adult eater? You know what I mean? He's ready for college life. He's ready for college. He's already <laughs> eating like a college kid. So at least I have him prepared for that. That's what Caleb's saying. Wait, college kids only eat top ramen. So we'll have to talk about that in another podcast, Caleb. But well, anyway, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Caleb, for joining us on this particular podcast of Autism in the Wild. And we will he says he wants to join more often and so maybe we'll allow that to happen so anyway thanks guys for joining we will catch you next time and that's it for now if you want to be notified of our next podcast release be sure to hit subscribe and just remember we're all in this together so find your tribe and hold them tight